Well, open your Bible this morning to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, we're going to read in verse 15. But first of all, let's pray. Lord, we thank you today for your word. Lord, we come humbly before you and ask you to teach us thereof. Lord, we purpose in our hearts that we will not just be hearers of the word, but doers thereof. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Matthew 16, in verse 15, the Bible says, talking about Jesus, he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. How do you know this is as important of a matter as it gets? Well, I just believe that he was a good man. Some people say that left us good things to learn. You believe that and you're lost if that's all you believe. Well, you know, I believe that he was a prophet that should show us the way. Do you know that there are many religions that believe Jesus was a prophet? But how many know you can believe that and still be lost? You can still not have a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ just by believing that. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the way. Jesus, in fact, said that in John 14. I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Well, you know, there's many, you know, pastor, you, that's just narrow-minded, you know, just saying that Jesus is in his name. There's many ways to God. The Jesus way, in his name is Jesus. You, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one. So what you do with that decision determines your eternal destiny. It determines your eternal life from, from now where you spend eternity with that decision. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the son of God. He's the head of the church. And what you believe about him determines where you spend whether it's in heaven or it's in hell. We make that decision. I want to make that the same statement that Jesus told him and told Peter. Peter, what did Peter say? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. Look in verse 17. He says this. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it. What did that mean? No man told you this. No man can reveal this unto you. But my Father, which is in heaven. Do you know that no man can reveal truth to you? Have you ever tried to reveal truth to somebody? <laughs> Unsuccessfully? Well, and you, like our pastor says, you want to shake them to their false teeth rattle. But that's not going to get anything done. Unless God opens someone's heart and opens the, turns the, the switch of their heart on, they'll never see it. You can try and try and you'll just frustrate yourself. If, and if people don't want to hear you, just be quiet. Because you can't make them see it. But he says, my father, which is in heaven, revealed it unto you. And I say unto you, you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So it matters what we say about him. Some people say, well, he was a prophet. Do you know that no one else in the, in the world is the prophet? Well, this, you, he is the prophet to the body of Christ. There is no man that is the apostle. There, there can be people that are an apostle or a prophet or a pastor. Well, they're the pastor to the pastors and they're the pastor to the body of Christ. No, they're not. Jesus stood in all five of those ministry gifts perfectly, but he's the only one that is the evangelist, the teacher. So we begin priority to the master about church. How many know this is a big priority to the master? This is a big priority to, to Jesus is his church. 
what did he say? He says, I'm going to build my church. I will build my church and the gates of hell, the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And so one of the things we have to realize is this is eternal. We're not just talking about something that, you know, I spent 20 years of my life and I went down to that church and, you know, kind of like I went, I attended, or I went and had a membership at Anytime Fitness for 10 years and I went to the gym at, at the rec center. And yeah, and I went to the church. I went to this church. And for some people, it's about 30 churches. But, you know, I went to church. No, this is something that's eternal. Why? Because Jesus is eternal and his church. I'm going to build my church. Notice he took possession of it. It's my church. That means that Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is the head and we are the body. But we have to realize that we are living stones built into the, the, the building of God. That's why I said you and I are buildings, not just this brick and mortar and everything that goes into a physical. Well, no, Jesus are the building. You are the building. I'm the building. You see people that don't know Jesus, you should look and say, oh, building materials. Why? Because God wants to use, God has lots of kids, but he wants many more. He wants many more to come in. And that's the only reason Jesus has not come back. As the Bible says, is he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth for those to come in. Then he's going to return. You can see that in 2 Peter. But what God is doing right now, you know, when we look at the, um, Solomon's temple, when Solomon, David's son, built the temple, it was a type of what we see now today, of his temple, which is the church. And just like Solomon did, what God is doing is exceedingly magnificent. And we will forever be known as the church. You know, no matter what comes and goes, and we don't even know what all God has planned in the future. This is, how many know there's a big universe out there and God's got a big plan? The Bible even tells us that in the eons to come, in the ages to come, he's going to show the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. That means that years and millennia from now, God's going to be just showing his goodness to us. Amen. And so we are the church and we will be with him and live with him personally forever. Amen. Maybe I just need to stand up here a little bit and preach a little and walk across. <laughs> I had a friend of mine that did that a lot. But just to realize how blessed we are as the church. You know, the world may, might make fun of the church now, but they're going to see one day that we were favored of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it doesn't matter what, what organization you're in, what kind of, um, just some kind of thing on the earth, some kind of club, but what family are you in? The most important thing in the world is what family are you in? And there's only two families on the earth, the family of God and the family of Satan. Well, you know, I just believe in going to church and just, you know, I believe there's many ways to God and I can just do my own thing. No. no. <laughs> the Bible says, Jesus told this group of religious people, you are of your father, the devil. And, and uh, his lust you will do. He was talking to people that were the scriptorians of the day, the people we would call the word people of the day. Just like slapping somebody with a wet dish rag, just, just knocked them upside the head. Rule and reign. But you know what it tells us? As the church, we are going to rule and reign with him. I mean, I've been to the land of Israel. We're going back one day. Whether it's on this side of eternity or on the other side of Jesus coming back. But we're going to rule and reign with him. The Bible tells us we're going to govern cities. Anyone read their Bible? We're going to govern cities. We're going to rule and reign with Christ. God has a kingdom and his church are the rulers and the government of his kingdom. Hallelujah. So I want to continue today as we talk about what is the church? What is the church? How many of the church is not just a social club? 
The church is not just a, you know, make me feel good club. It, I mean, you you do. I mean, you serve God, you get good feelings, but it's it's not about that. It's about one of the the basic definitions of the word church is this: an assembly. An assembly. Those that are called together. You know, you can't stay at home and be a church. Just the very nature of the fact of the word means that you come together. And scripture, many are, the Bible tells us, and what we have to do is many are chosen. Let me remember this. It says many are called, but what? Many are chosen. No, it says few are chosen. Many are called, chosen. Why is that? Many are called, but few choose to obey the call. Many, few show up when God speaks. When he calls, you show up. Here's the good news. When he calls, yes, Lord. You know, it's just like Eli. He told Samuel, uh, I didn't call you. And after speak, as it was the Lord's mind, the next time that you hear that, say, here am I. And he, here am I, Lord, speak. And so when God calls, we show up. When he calls you to pray, even if it's two in the morning, you pray. When he tells you to give, you give. When he tells you to go to church, what do you do? You go to church. You know, what's brilliant about the, the, the word of God is I don't have to, I don't have to wait for an uh, open vision I'm telling, you know, my name is Jesus. I'm the head of church. I'm telling you to go to church today. You know, that's not the way it works. You know, I've t we've talked to any number of people since we have started this church. And it's especially the people that want to argue the most, they don't have a local church. I mean, we had, I had somebody sit in my church in, a, in the office one time. This was many years ago. And they said, um, I said, what, what, what church do you go to? Because I knew he, he was just a, a floater. I don't know if he's charismatic, but some people call him cruisomatic because they go from you know, one place to the next. And so, but anyway, he said, I, I'm, I'm just part, I'm the church of Dickinson. I thought, now I've looked at a lot of the registries on the back, in the back of the um, Dickinson Press of churches, but I've never seen a church called the Church of Dickinson. What does that mean? That just means I go to any church in Dickinson I feel like that day. Mainly so I can go give a word to, the, to that church and just float to the next one. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? And so when he tells you to do something, see, knowing just the right answer, we know what that right answer is, but that's not, not the same thing as being a doer. How many remember Jesus telling us about a parable about this king who, who invited all these to come to his feet? By one, come to the... But what happened? What did the Bible say? One, the Bible one, they gave good reasons why they couldn't. No, the Bible says one by one, they gave excuse of why they couldn't be there. And what happened? Number one of the ones he says, hey, I've got new equipment. I bought some new equipment, you know, and I, I can't come, you know, because you understand. I, I need to take care of this. What did the master say? Well, you're right. I, you know, it's, it's important you, you take care of those things. And No, it says he was wroth, uh, upset, angry. What does that mean? That means for us, what comes first? Business? Or church? My job or my church? Do you believe that? Yes. Then why do millions of Christians not? What, what, what? Well, you know, I can, be a, I can be a good Christian out there. I can be a good Christian at home. And, you know, I, I just, I spend time with God in nature. Well, that's important too, to spend time with God on your own. But don't leave this undone as well. Why not do both? But here's, here's what I believe a lot of people 
They just make, don't make this different differentiation. The church is this. They just see people. They see the church. They see pastors. They see leaders, but they don't see the Lord. It's not just me asking people to come to church. It's not just us calling people, hey, we haven't seen you in a few weeks. No, it's the Lord, actually. It's the Lord dealing with people. And see, that's one of the things that what happens as you grow up in the Lord, you'll begin to see God's hand at work and you won't judge after the flesh. You know what happens, especially in families, that happens a lot. Why? Because, you know, just say, for instance, like, well, we see that with Jesus. We see, well, you know, that's just, um, that's Joseph's son. Who is this? The carpenter. See, they could only see him as the carpenter. They couldn't see him as, as not only did they not see him as the son of God, but they didn't even see him as a minister. They didn't even see him as uh, a prophet. And so people only see the natural. But the Bible says that we are the called together. When you hear the word church, what, you, what should you think? Together. The river church. The river called together. See, we're part of the river of God that's called together. That's flowing. How many know that there's... How many know you see a, a flowing river? Sometimes you see things that are, have expired as well. How many know they're not usually floating down? They're just kind of stuck on the eddies on the side and they're just like... Uh, and they're usually laying on their back, fish and things like that. They're dead. But when there's a river, there's life. The Bible says the stream, the river of God, the streams whereof make glad the city of our God. So that's why we come up here and we sing with joy. We sing with excitement. Why? Because we stepped into a river. It's just like in the summertime, you step into a river. I mean, when, when kids go to the pool, they're not, real, they're not mad about it. I can't believe I came out here today in the pool. <laughs> Man, it's just, it feels so good, but I just, well, I should have stayed home. No, they're so excited about it because they're in a flow, and that river just is refreshing. It makes glad the city of our God. Hallelujah. So that's what you should think. Hey, I'm coming together. We're the river that's called together. So the Bible says that many are called and do not respond. Therefore, few of used they don't get promoted so what does that mean that means they don't get about talent they don't promote it you know it's not about ability talent you know God's not looking for talent he's looking for availability he's looking for those who will show up you know it's just like the 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 guy, he shows up, and they, one by one, they make excuses. So what does he say? And I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but by the time he gets through with these different ones, he says, go out in the highways and the byways. Compel them to come in. And so there's this one guy, and he, the, the guy's living on the street. He says, hey, the master wants you to come. Will you come? Well, let me check my calendar. Let me check. Let's see. I already went through the garbage. Took a nap. Yeah, I can scratch that. Yeah, I can come. Well, he, he's available. He doesn't have too much that he, he's got in the way. And so it's not the most perfectly talented person. It's the one who has a perfect heart towards him and says, Lord, use me. And so what do we see? All of us are called. See, a lot of people think, well, I'm not called to the fivefold ministry, and that's fine. But we are all called to greeting people. That ministry may be serving in the local church. Maybe it's called people. That is an awesome ministry. What's are called to ministry? It's called the helps ministry. And so all of us are called to ministry. But it's going to take faith to do it, and it's going to have to be first in our life. So business is not first in our life. Jesus went on to talk about this other man that showed up and he says, well, you know, I bought some land and therefore I can't come because, you know, I got to take care of my land. Do you know that there are people that miss God over land? Yep. 
and a house? Why? Because they get used to, well, you know, I love that. That's my, you know, even when I, I'll say this, I wasn't even thinking about this, but the Lord prompted me. But when I went to Rama Bible Training Center, one of the instructors said this. There would be people that come in and they say, yeah, I feel like God's called me here and this is what I should be, be doing and I'm going to pursue the, the plan of God. Months later, they'd be in the admissions office because they were wanting to leave and go back home. So, you know, instead of just leaving, they would always do an exit interview, just like a job. Why are you leaving? You know, I thought God called you here. Well, I'm not eating good. You know, when I was back at Mama's house, we had fried chicken every Tuesday. And we had roast on Thursday. What, what do you tell people like that? Bye. One lady, uh, this same guy, he said he did an exit interview. This lady had scuffed her heels real bad. Because she had to park in the gravel away from the other parking lot because she was always late. Not to mention, maybe if you just got up 10 minutes earlier. But now she's going to leave. She's going to pitch a fit because her heels. What do you tell people like that? Bye. Why? The Bible says those, that those people, Jesus said, were not worthy of me. It's a serious business. You know, people think, well, I can just, I can take the church whenever. You know, I can just... And I'm not just talking about this church. I'm talking about the, the church universal, God's church. This is not Pastor Will and LaShawn's church. This is Jesus's church. He's called us to be shepherds over it. He's the great shepherd. We're just under shepherds. And one of the things that even Peter said, he said, taking the oversight thereof, not with constraint, not for filthy lucre, but he said, willingly and of a ready mind. That's why we don't control people. Amen. It's not my desire to control people. I have enough to deal with my own life. I control that. Amen. How many know you, you control your own life, you, you, you make sure things are right, but then you just lead and guide and you feed the people of God. And then they have to follow. But I believe that like Abraham, we should be like him where in our hearts, even if you have a 20-room a mansion and, and have the best of the best, in your heart you live in a tent. And when God says, it's time to go, go. But you know what happens? We get used to certain things. Well, you know, I did this and I did this and I, I was part of that gym and I liked that restaurant. I mean, one thing that I can say definitely, it's easy for me to ascertain the will of God because when I think about where we came from, there was a lot more restaurants. There was a lot more this, there was a lot more that. I mean, when it, there was, you know, the scenery, the beaches, the even though we didn't go to the beach that much, <laughs> there's a lot more to do. So I know that I didn't come to Dickinson, North Dakota, because I was just bored with the, the coastline of Florida. No, it's called the call of God. It's called the, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And so we, we enjoy it here. I mean, we wouldn't still be here if it wasn't for that. But don't miss God over a house or a property. Jesus spoke about this third individual. Well, I just got married. So, you know, I, you understand I can't show up and I can't be a part. But the Bible says he was wroth. So I'm going to make a statement that I want you to just listen, listen to me and listen, it, listen through the statement. Family does not come before church. I knew it was going to get really quiet when I said that. What I don't mean, <laughs> what do I mean? Let me say this. Family doesn't come before God. If God tells me to go to church and my spouse says, I don't want you been at church way too much, just stay home. Then I'm going to put the Lord first and I'm going to go to church. Smith Wigglesworth said this, he said he owed much of his ministry not only to the Lord but his wife because he, he kicked her out of the house one night because she was in church so much. And said, you know, you're not coming back in here. She sat on, on, the, on the outside. And what happened? She sat on the outside 
And um, the next morning, opened the door. He opened the door. She fell in the door. And, and she just got up and said, oh, Smith, let me make you breakfast. And, and because of that, but she still went to church. Now, let me say this ahead of time because I know people are already looking at me crazy. <laughs> I didn't say you can't go on vacation. I, can't, I didn't say that you don't, there's times where you need to be away. How many know that that's important? It's important you do that. But it's not, what I'm talking about is like, well, you know, uh, that, that NFL game comes on at 1 o'clock and I, I can't miss the beginning. I have to have the pre-show. Well, what's Lord in our life? What's the most important thing in our life? Is the kingdom. Amen. And so what I mean is this too, that as the head of the home, we set the example that, hey, we're going to be in the church. We're going we're gonna to have, I mean, we, we see everybody coming in and I, I see your whole family coming in and then I just see them all walking line through the doors. So what an awesome sight. And, and everyone that we bring our kids all to the house of God to serve, to worship. Amen. So the kingdom of God comes first. It's the people who are available that get used. So what is the church? We said that the church is the called together ones. I want you to look in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Do you know that the Lord wants you to be blessed and have vacations? I think some people need vacations. I talked to a guy one time I worked with years ago. He was a vendor. He said, I haven't taken a vacation in 11 years. And I thought, well, I can tell. <clears throat> Amen. God wants you to enjoy life. God wants you to enjoy the things of God. But look at 1 Corinthians 1, verse 2. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus. That means that they're set apart in Christ, called to be saints. Now, I want you to notice the word to be is in italics in the King James. That means that the translators added that, thinking it would help you to understand it more. But it literally just says called saints. With all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. So the Bible says that we are saints. Isn't it amazing that nowadays people think that being a saint is some elevated place that maybe you'll get to by the end of your life? But I don't care who you are. If you're born again by the Spirit of God, you may have just come off the streets. You may have just come out off a life of drugs, a life of whatever. And that person that got saved a week ago that lived like that, the Bible says they're a saint. But, but certain denominations, certain groups have, have linked that to being just some unattainable thing. But the Bible says when we were born again, we're called saints. Sanctified in Christ Jesus And this is based upon what Jesus has done. That we're saved and made holy by him. How I many know it's, it's not something that I did to my, my own works to make me that way? It's not something I did to, to make myself holy or make myself. It's the work of Christ in my life. Hallelujah. And one thing the Lord doesn't see, he doesn't see when he sees his church, he doesn't see like we do all the, the different groups, the, all the different denominations. Well, he sees those, just like this says, those that have called upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, who answered the call. Those who by their faith are sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. So that's who we are. We're called saints. I want you to look over in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. 
in verse 22. The Bible says, But you are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and into an innumerable company of angels. How many know we have angels that are working in our behalf? And just because, you know, the Bible tells us about one angel in the Old Testament who took out 185,000 men. And the Bible says you have your own angel and multiple angels. The Bible says they go to your place. Why? Because he says they encamp around those that fear him. That means they go with me when I leave here. They go when I get in my car. They go everywhere I go. Someone said, yeah, but yeah. someone jokingly said this one time. But I don't know if people might believe this, but well, yeah, your angels were with you until you, you started going to 75 and the speed limit was 70. Well, that's when I need my angels even more. How many know it's not when I'm, I do everything right that I need help, it's when I do things wrong that I need help. Hallelujah. So notice what he says here. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn. So who is the church? We're the church. What is the church? It's the general assembly and church of the firstborn. It doesn't matter what denomination you are. If you're not church of the firstborn, none of that else, uh, of the other matters. Notice what he says, which are written, or in the margin it says, enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all. Do you know that our name is written, for those that are born again, in the roster of the citizenship of heaven? How many have read the book of Revelation that said John saw a book? And in that book, there was written names. There's different names. We see there's different books and there's different names. The, the book of life, the Lamb's book of life, the book of the Lamb. We see all those different things of, this, of talking about our names being written down. The Bible talks about all those whose names are not written in the book of life. The Bible talks about those that will have to stand before the great white throne judgment. Now, we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and that's not to determine whether we're saved. That's determining our, our rewards and what we receive for the works done in the body. Hallelujah. But my citizenship is in heaven and written in heaven. Hallelujah. Do you know that You know, you can't overemphasize this right now. My name is in the book. Nothing else really matters. I mean, take, take whatever you want to take. I mean, I believe the Lord protect me, but, you know, you, you can take everything, but you can't take my name out of the book of life. Only I can do that by denying him. And I'm not going to be a fool and do that. But when my name's in the book, you know what that means? That means right now they're working on my place. They're working on your place. But this hasn't been real to us. But Jesus said in John 14, in my father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. I go and prepare a place for you that where I am, you, you may be also. And I'm going to come again to receive you to myself. <clears throat> but not only has God prepared a place, but here's the thing. God already has a place for you in the eternal kingdom, in the new heaven, and in the new earth. Well, you know, pastor, I just want to sit on a, on a cloud and play a harp. Well, I'm sure you could play a harp if you wanted to, even if you don't know how on the earth. But God has so much more for us. People think, well, you know, I'm just going to be bored when I'm in heaven. Oh, no. The Bible says you're going to rule. If you've been faithful, you'll rule over 10 cities. You'll rule over many different things. What does God have this whole universe for? Just to, that's expanding at the speed of light. Is it just to, to fill up area and space? Someone's going to have to rule and reign. Hallelujah. That's why we need mind renewal. 
I have a place today in the kingdom of God. I have a place in building up his church. So that's what God wants us to do. You and I to build up what's important to him. And that's building up his church. Back in 1 Corinthians 1 where we just were, we said that the church is called together, that is sanctified and called saints. Look in verse 9. 1 Corinthians 1, 9. I should have had you hold your place there. Verse 9 says this, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Notice we're not called to be at home. And I know I'm preaching to the choir today, but <laughs> we're not called to be at home. We're not called just to, to have amazing experiences at home. We are called unto the fellowship. How many know you can't fellowship just at home? But what, I tell you, a good example in the natural of this is just say like our faith, food, and fellowship, or you just invite someone over to have a meal. What is that? That's a sharing together. Maybe you have potatoes and cornbread. Some good southern food. Potatoes, cornbread, and sweet potato casserole. Fried chicken, tea, good yeast rolls, some butter. You get together, you share that, you share things, you talk about things, you get those things in you. You go home, you take a nap, and what do you have? On the inside, you have potatoes, cornbread. You have a sharing together. What is the, they make it all about fellowship, common. Realize that's the thing that I think some people, one with another, brother, sister, is you have fellowship with him. Why? Because not all men are brothers. Well, you know, the not born again, brothers, and we're just, no, the Bible says, it, it, not, I don't have the same father as, as Joe Sinner down the road. I'm not better than they are, but the light has come, God has saved me, and now I'm part of a different family. But we're called together to have fellowship. Everyone doing okay? Hebrews. I want you to see this here in Hebrews chapter. Hebrews 10, verse 22. Let us, everyone say us, draw near with a true heart in full assurance of flesh, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our body. What? we can do is much greater than what I see that's why the devil see he understands this more than we do that's why he, he, he creates all these splinter groups he wants to divide and conquer well you know they don't believe like you so you just should start another church and goes down to five but 50 goes down to 10 and a group of the eye to eye I may not agree with everybody, but we can ag agree with the fundamentals. That the blood of Jesus saves us, that we're born again by his blood, that we're on our way to heaven. There's certain fundamental things that we, we can um, agree on and not just, as he says here, let us hold near. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. He says, let us. So one of the greatest things about going to tour, let us consider one another to provoke unto love. So this, it's not just so I can just, I clocked in to church this month. No, it's to go to be encouraged. It's to go to stir yourself up. It's go to put a fire in someone else. I mean, I get encouraged when I see people coming in. Not coming together. And what a time it's going to be. I'm seeing my get together. Sisters come in. I see the family. Hallelujah. And, and, you know, there's something about you that, that hath a song, hath an interpretation, hath a revelation. What does that mean? You bring something with you. Don't you like it when people just, are, aren't there certain people, I don't know, maybe you don't have this, but there's certain people that you just like to get around because they're always just so like, give them your tub, that's worth, but you can just watch. Amen. Some people laugh when we have this 
Miss Gail here because she's just, they don't laugh at her, but they just laugh because it's like, man, she's just giddy and just full all the time. Well, that's what we're supposed to be, just, just full. Full and running over. But sometimes, you know, I have a sign on the, on the inside of me that says no vacancy. Full is not something that's the same every day. How many know it's not, okay, I read my Bible and I'm good for the rest of the year. You know, I made this statement before. I'll say it again. It's like the one guy said, uh, ran off with the, that lady. That the, you know, he, he, he ran off the individual. Not that day he wasn't. And probably many days before then. Why? Because just because you spoke in tongues one day doesn't mean you're full. Being that, that's what something every day. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Tickle your ears. We're going to give you some, some good things to take notes. We want to impart something on the inside. What happens when you get filled? You run over. What happens when you're running over? You're able to impart to other people. You can't give to somebody if you're half full. You're like, oh, brother, let me, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you something. No, he says, with joy shall you draw. You reach half down and, and grab that water on the inside of me. You have to draw it out and let it be poured to other people. Hallelujah. So notice he says, then he, not for verse 25. He goes on, leading up to verse 25, he says, let us. One of the biggest things that we always said about COVID was the fact that it, it was to destroy the church. And then, well, you know, I like this. And so now even people, well, you know, I'll just stay at home and, and watch the service. And that's fine, you know, if, if people can't make it. But we need people that, that show their face and their smiling face to give their supply. Amen. People say, well, I make my bedroom my church. It's like our pastor says, you know, people stay at home and with a apostle pillow. <laughs> and so the thing we need to realize as the church, it's not just about our experience. Yes, we can experience God. And I believe there's certain things that will only happen in your personal time with him. Why? Because they're private. It's just like your husband and wife. How I many know the most intimate things in your life are private? The same thing with the Lord. There might be times where you, you worship Him, you bow your heart before Him, that you may not do that in a service like this. But we do need to come together because there is a job to do. Well, I'm fine, Pastor. I just I worship and I lay before the Lord all night in my house. Okay, awesome. That means you have a greater supply when you come into the church so we can do a work. How many know that ministry is spelled, it's a four-letter word, W-O-R-K. That's how you spell ministry. We don't just sit and soak, but we get out and go and do. I'm going to sit and soak, but then I'm going to go and do. You know, three, three, two-thirds of God's name is actually go. So that means we go out and do something with it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. But see, what God is more fo focused on is us. There's more that we can do as us than what I can do by myself. What if there was more of us? Then that means we could do more. Why? Because the church should shake the world. You know, people say, well, you know, well, just buy the land. Well, you know, we don't like this and that. Well, just go buy it. If you have enough money, you can buy it. But we haven't thought right, have we? We thought too small. But going back to Matthew, what did he say? The gates of hell shall not prevail. What if every believer stood up as one man? See, this seems impossible to people, but this is God's dream. That there would be a people raised up. That there would be a church. There would be people that would come together. I mentioned this last week about the Tower of Babel, how the Bible says nothing shall be withheld from them. Why? Because they, they've purposed in their heart to do this one thing. And so God had to go confuse their, their languages. But they had a cord. They were in one accord. 
You know, people can be in one accord for evil, for wicked things, and nothing will, will restrain them unless, unless the hand of God restrains them. But that's why Jesus prayed for us. He said, Father, that they may be one, even as you and I are one. Hallelujah. And I believe that we're in the last of the last days. We are the generation to see all this come together. Amen. These are exciting days. The Bible says that the prophets of old, they, they desire to look and see what we see today. People say, well, if I could just been an angel. That's a demotion. The Bible says that you've made us a little bit lower than the angels. That word actually is Elohim. He's made us a little lower than God. Being an angel is not something that, you know, you don't die and just become an angel. I mean, you, you hear people say that you know, many times at a funeral. Well, God needed another one in the, in the choir. Sounds so sentimental, but no, you don't, you don't become an angel. You don't become lesser than what you already are. Hallelujah. So he says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but what? Exhorting one another. Exhorting. See, that was a deal back in, in Paul's day, just like it is today. Why? Because I have revelations by myself. I can do this. I can do that. No, you need to be together. He says, exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Why? Because we have stuff to do together. Most people only think about coming together for, for, uh, for food. I'm just talking about the church universal. Why? You know, because the church doesn't sin. The church doesn't I mean, I'm just saying as a general thing, they got delivered from drinking, they got delivered from this, but what, what do they do? Eat. So we're going to come together and eat. And that's good and have fellowship, koinonia, but we also need the fellowship that comes as we fellowship one with another because we fellowship with him. So we have stuff to do together. We have to come together and we come to share vision together. We attend together, we give together, we serve together, and we have to be where we're supposed to be. And then finally, I want you to look over in 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. When you read this book of 1 John, the whole theme is fellowship. Don't take my word for it, but you'll see that that's what is a common thread throughout the, the whole book. But look at 1 John 1, verse 3. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. But notice he said, that you may also have fellowship. Everyone say fellowship. Fellowship means something you hold in common. And so truly our fellowship. So what happens when we come together, when we come to church to worship the Lord, that's the main focus is to worship him, to hear his word. But once we do that together, we have fellowship with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. Do you know that this, and I'll say this as the punchline, God is what makes church, church. Not me, not just your brother, sister, even though, but when we come together as the assembly, if God's not here, I don't want to be here. If his presence is not here, you remember what Moses said, Lord, don't take, if your presence is not with us, don't take us up. Do you remember that one group that they were rebellious after they said, you know what? You're going to wander out here for 40 years. And what did they do? Oh, we're going to go now. Let's go. Let's go up to Ai. And they cried. And Moses said, don't go up. God's not going to be with you. 
And it said that, that they were sorely defeated by an army that they should have easily beat. It said they presumed to go up. But God wasn't with them. But see, God is what makes church, church. When we come in here, we celebrate, we experience the presence of the Lord. When we come in here and we hear the word of the Lord and we sense his presence, when we see people accept him in their life, that's what makes church, church. It's his presence. Hallelujah. And notice he says here, and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. How many with a lifted hand would say that since I, and, and I know there's some that are new to the church, but if your life has been enriched by serving God, by giving yourself to the things of God, how many would say with an uplifted hand, yes, my life by serving him through the years or the last year has been enriched. See, that's what happens. As you give See, selfishness, people think, well, I'm going to be more happy when I have my way. But, you know, when you actually give. So when you come in here, that's when you have that way. He says that your joy may be full. Brother, when you come in here and you edify one another, you build one another up, you encourage your brother and sister, what's going to happen? As you pour water on someone else, water is going to come back on you. As you sow, you reap. As you give, it's given back to you. See, people think just in money, but oh no, every, every area of your life, as you give, it's going to come back to you. Well, that, that means that people are going to give you an encouraging word. People are going to, to, to tell you something good. Some people's going to, someone's going to come across you and bless you. Hallelujah. As we come together. Can you say amen? Father, we thank you today for your church. Lord, that there's nothing more valuable than the church Nothing more precious. And Lord, we thank you today for every person, Lord, who's called upon the name of the Lord. Lord, they're our brother and our sister. And Lord, I thank you that we don't magnify any differences, but we magnify what we hold in common. I thank you, Father, for the church. Thank you that we're going to have our part to play in this city to build the church. Lord, even if people go to other churches, we're still going to build the church. We're going to get people saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And Lord, I thank you that you'll raise them up to be powerful witnesses of your glory, powerful witnesses of your goodness.